I'm Janet Forrest, Head of Adult Programs, and this is the Nantucket Athenaeum Podcast. This July, we will present our 15th annual Nantucket Dance Festival, which brings world-class dancers and performers to the island and supports our mission to provide free year-round services and programs to our community. In celebration of the 15-year milestone, I spoke with artistic director Tyler Engel about what it's like to adapt world-class performance for a smaller, more intimate stage, how the festival has evolved during his tenure, and how this week-long event has woven itself into the fabric of our island community. In this episode, Tyler shares what to expect at this year's festival. This year, we have dancers from Miami City Ballet, Boston Ballet, the American Ballet Theater, and New York City Ballet. I really like when a disparate group of people from a lot of different backgrounds and companies and styles are able to come together and and make a cohesive, coherent program. And every year that it works, I'm like, oh God, it's not going to work next year. Like if we're going to have some sort of like diva coming in and the whole like thing's going to be ruined, but it's got a really great group of people, some of which have come again or have been there in the past. So like, you know, from Boston Ballet, Lawrence Rines has been to the festival two times. He was actually there last year and he was there a couple of years ago doing William Forsythe's vertiginous thrill of exactitude, which is very cool that we could put on the stage. Another thing where everyone was like, I never thought it would fit. And they're actually doing a Forsyth kind of conglomerate, a Forsyth conglomerate um, from two different works. And one thing that they're showing, actually newly promoted soloist, Daniel Durrett, which is very exciting. It's exciting when you like have someone coming to the festival and all of a sudden two weeks later on your Instagram, you see that they've been promoted. That's like, huzzah, it's very exciting. He's actually doing something from their recent premiere. So Bill was just in Boston and he did a Blake Works 3 that just premiered like two and a half weeks ago. And we're actually going to get to see before, like that's been done by any other company in the whole world. Like we're going to get to see that in Nantucket up close and personal. So that's like extremely cool. Yeah. And I'm, I'm for the first time ever, actually this year, we're doing a piece by Mark Morris. Mark Morris is someone who's I, I've really admired for a very long time. I think that his work is incredibly musical and he's just someone who knows his craft and creates really incredible and ingenious dances. I mean, it's not even my training or where I'm from, it's much more contemporary. So it's not ballet, but there's something about it that speaks so deeply to me. Like it's connection to the music, the shapes the bodies make. And I'm, I'm really excited that we're able to show his work uh, again for the first time ever. It's the kind of thing where they do not license any Mark Morris piece to any professional company. So anything that he's choreographed for his company, you don't see anyone doing except for the company, unless you're a school or a student, right? That's the only time that they let this happen. But when I reached out to his executive director, actually through my brother was doing gyrotonic with a woman who also teaches Mark gyrotonic, who was in Mark's company. And she reached out to Mark. He ended up finding a piece that he choreographed for two of his dancers that went off and started their own company, their own venture. And he was like, we could actually license this to you because this was not done 
originally on the Mark Morris dance group. So like, amazing. I was like, you know, we're a fundraiser, public library, like we'd love to show the work. And Jared and I are actually doing this together. So that was his requested casting. And so I think that that will be very interesting. Mostly because Jared and I never ever danced together. There's maybe one time, two times at City Ballet where we've ever even like been closely in the same work together, but definitely not like dancing together. So I think that that'll be really interesting. And then it's like, we have people from different companies doing works that they don't normally do. So Isabella Boylston and Juanan from both principals with American Ballet Theater are coming to the festival and they're gonna be debuting in a Balanchine piece that they've never done before and that they wouldn't have had the option to do because ABT does not do this ballet. As far as I know, New York City Ballet does this, the San Francisco Ballet and maybe the Paris Opera Ballet, but it's like in, in its entirety, it's a very big work, but we're just doing the, the second movement of this. And it's also something that we've done at the festival before many years ago. It's one of my favorite excerpts we've ever done because the music's really amazing and it's just like vibrant and wonderful on the stage and like much more accessible, I think, in that small space than it is in kind of an opera house setting. So maybe if there are any festival geeks out there, they'll be able to sort of suss out what what that piece is. But again, fun because this is like something that an audience who may be very familiar with these two dancers will have never seen them in this. This will be their first time doing it ever. They're, you know, working with some like very venerable former Balanchine ballerinas and, you know, so it's like an interesting staging process for them too, to be able to like really dive into something they've not done before. And then actually Pam Tanowitz is doing a new piece for us for the summer as well. So we again have a new commission for the 15th anniversary. I love Pam's work and she loves ballet. So she's a modern choreographer, but she loves ballet. She loves the steps. She's sort of just like can obsess over like a potashimal or like an I love an attitude or like a garguiad. Like there's something so like kind of like weirdly antiquated about some of the steps that we do in ballet, but then she's able to kind of like take them and reframe them and make them seem like really starkly modern and wonderful. And she's actually working with John and Paula, our music advisors, on what we're doing. And I actually don't even know yet what they've decided to use. And there was even talk about possibly commissioning a new piece of music for that. So we'll, we'll just have to see, but that's kind of like a fun thing that's still in the works. Almost every single piece will be the audience seeing a dancer in something they've never seen them in before, which I think is really fascinating. I agonize over the, the order, you know what I mean? Like I listen to all of the pieces. I make sure that it's not like jarring for the ear or jarring for the, again, like you don't want to be just like, it's modern, it's slow, it's fast. It's you know what I mean? You don't just want it to be like going back and forth all the time. I'm really excited about it. What's it like to get through a festival and then be like, what's next? And then you start over again. It's not the same festival every year. Where do you start? There are lots of notebooks with half-baked, full-baked ideas sitting around my apartment in like lots of different bags. I don't even know where they all are. And I sort of like will always look through there, like the Mark Morris idea. Like this is something that Jared and I have been talking about for so many years, but it was like, you know, how do you do first contact? And he's, you know, he has not worked with City Ballet in the past. Like there are, you know, I don't know if there are issues there, but like he doesn't, you know, he, he wouldn't do anything here because he's worked with ABT before and done things for other companies. Like that's never been the case here. I was like, oh God, like he may just be like, no, <laughs> you know? Um, 
And I was like, wouldn't that be a shame? But then all of a sudden this year, for the first time ever, Jared had th- this introduction through their mutual gerotonic teacher. And so then that just seemed like a really wonderful way to start with that. You know, sometimes it is the pieces and sometimes it is the dancers. Like there were a few years where I really was just like only doing the different pieces of work first and formulating the program in that way and then asking dancers to kind of like fill that in. And that is like happenstance and luck because people's availability, people get injured, people sometimes cancel because they got a different, you know what I mean? Like any, any number of things happen. It's not just only like, what are the perfect ballets for this program that I'm gonna kind of like, eh. you know, it's, it's really not that kind of thing. It really is like, what are great pieces? What are one, who are wonderful dancers that are available? What do the musicians want to play? And then so after having a bunch of these conversations in the beginning, and I feel like I drive people nuts sometimes because I'm like, hey, can I call you? And then we call on the phone and they're like, but we haven't decided. And I'm like, no, it's not about deciding it right now. It's about getting a feeling about like what all of this information, where all of this information takes us. So you get a feeling about what the musicians are wanting to do, sort of like who is available, what work seem to be. And then it kind of like, I don't know, it's like a water stick. You just kind of like follow it in that way. And then you, you know, you come up with the, you come up with the program. But it, there's always like one thing in the beginning that is like the starting, the starting off point. And actually I just now remembered what it was. It was the ballet earlier that, that Isabella and Juan are doing. That was the first thing that I was like, you know what I'd really love to do again, because it's been, I don't know, maybe five or six years and it'll be a whole different cast and it'll be just wonderful. Like that was the that was the first thing. This year, we have two events that explore the history of dance. The first is an author talk with Lynn Garifola on her new book, Lena Jinska. Monday evening, we actually have an author talk with Lynn Garifola on her newest book, which is a biography of Lena Jinska, who is Nijinsky's sister, who was a prolific choreographer, whose most of her work has just absolutely disappeared. There's like a famous quote, I th- and I'm going to get it wrong, but hopefully people will read the book and get it right. But it's like, Balanchine hated Nijinska. Nijinska hated Massine and Massine hated them both. Like all, like all of the big players working at that time, they just like wanted to have nothing to do with one another. They were like, no, it doesn't, I would never take anything from that person. You know, you look at all their ballets from the same time, there's a lot that's the same, but it's like, we don't know whose idea was whose, but there are a lot of things that dance historians and critics like think that Balanchine stole from Nijinska. Like a lot of like the hopping on point in his ballet Concerto Barocco and like how sort of like physical the the movements are for the women. I think it was Alistair McCauley was like, he's pretty certain that that came from, that he just like took that from Nijinska, but she's not someone that we know really that much about. And this is the first biography of her. I mean, she's like really kind of like a towering figure in the dance world that is not a, you know, she's like a towering figure in the dance world who's actually kind of like a ghost. The other event we have planned is a panel discussion with Tyler and Linda Murray, the dance curator at the New York City Public Library. This discussion will be moderated by Ann Scott, the executive director of the Athenaeum. 
she's just amazing. And she did a talk with my brother for the digital festival that a lot of people were really taken with just, you know, how much knowledge she has. It's just, it's inexhaustible. You know what I mean? You could just like really continue to dive into her brain and never find the bottom of it. And so I just wanted to talk with her and Anne about libraries and dance and a dance library. I was like, this is kind of a fun thing, right? You have one library that's putting on a dance festival and you have another library that's a performing arts library. And I think that we're gonna have a really interesting conversation. And actually, to be perfectly frank, like I, there are too many prongs. I can't tell you where the talk is going to go because I don't know yet. Because that this talk could be for me. I could just sit with these two ladies and speak for probably ten hours. And people who have come to the lecture know that I really have to be like keep on the timing because like we can go. Not that it's going to be ten hours. So please don't not come because you think I'm going to talk for too long. But I just I think it'll be a really interesting way to get these different perspectives. A lot of people who stage ballets and work in the studio really have a dancers are just the paint kind of thing, right? And I don't believe that, right? I think that that we're much more than the paint. And I also think that we're like in a really interesting time where at least in, you know, the New York City Ballet, that a lot of the generation who worked with Balanchine and the people who worked with the people who worked with Balanchine are like no longer around, right? So this information is going away, becoming less accessible. And how do you create and sustain a group of thoughtful interpretive artists in that way? Like it can't, it's it's no longer just like we're getting the absolute information from like one figurehead. So like, what do you do? You have to be like a musician. You have to have like all of the information about that Beethoven sonata. You got to study it. You got to make your own notes. You have to see what works. You have to see what sounds good on your hand, on your piano, like all of these things. This is like not stuff that we're doing yet. And I, th- in the in the dance world, at least like, you know, like ballet dancers are not all doing this on their own. And I think that it really is like going to be a big step. And so like that sort of one of the things that I want to talk to both of these ladies about. It's like the importance of information and the importance of history and knowledge and how that shapes what you do, uh, regardless of what it is. But like in this case, how important that is for dance, which is so ethereal, you know, like that's the whole problem, but a good problem, right? So it's like a, a nice thing to tackle. These are two also ladies that I have like tremendous amount of respect for that really Every time that I'm talking with either of them on the phone or like you can just, there's a lot of energy and a lot of, it's always yes and, I don't know if anybody's taken an improv class, it's not no, period, it's yes and. And that's that's great, like that's what, that's what I get excited about. And so I really just want that sort of interplay between two, they're not, they're not uh, conflicting perspectives. They're, they're two different perspectives of a lot of similar things with a lot of crossover. I'm, I'm really excited about the two, the two talks early on in the week. This has been a production of the Nantucket Athenaeum. It was written, narrated, and edited by me, Janet Forrest. Special thanks to Tyler Engel for bringing the dance festival to Nantucket year after year. The Nantucket Dance Festival will run from July 18th to July 23rd, and many events are free and open to the public. 
You can find all the details and where to buy tickets at NantucketAthenaeum.org.